Guess who's forgotten to do the wild hair advert? Um, Ollie has been a chef for 19 years. Um, <laughs> www.twolassesspirits.co.uk Bedlam 10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Um, yeah, shout out to Lindsay and Rebecca. Fantastic episode last week. And uh, that's my promo code for them. Um, this one's a bit different. This one's cool. It's a videographer who's done a couple of documentaries about skateboarding. Um, most notably, he's worked with Vans. And obviously, if you don't know who Vans are, I, I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> so check that out on his, um, on Vans YouTube channel, actually. Because, um, you know, that's a pretty big deal. So yeah, enjoy the episode. Check out Wild Hair. Check out Two Lasses Spirits and uh, keep it bedlam and enjoy the episode. Bye. Good evening and welcome to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. We're back in the mobile recording studio, which is also named known as a Sayat. So sat in my car interviewing people. There's a uh, worse things to be done on a Monday evening, to be fair. Right, so this evening I've got Rum Dilly on the podcast. I hope that's the uh, correct correct pronunciation of your name. Yep. <laughs> cool. That's good. Otherwise, I'll get like forty minutes in, and you'll be like, "Mate, my name is not that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, don't worry. I've had it all I, uh, before. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten a few quite famous people's names wrong on here, and it's been quite funny. It's like when um, a touring <laughs> band says like the name of the city, and it's a completely wrong city, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's all good. How are you? You alright? Yeah, good man. Thanks. Just. Uh got back home from the gym so just chilling really what about you yeah all good yeah just um been writing some questions up had nice, a bit of a nice. walk on the front helps me to ground myself i suppose Sweet. Off at the top um yeah we met through chris gower yep <laughs> my house <is>, mate <laughs> yeah one of the biggest pieces of shit i know <laughs> um but i love him and he's very sassy, I'm sure you're aware. Oh, yeah. All the sass. Says some of the most outrageous shit I've ever heard in my life. Really? And yeah. we've competed with him. And uh, sometimes it's gone a bit too far on either side. And um, <laughs> I think at one point we nearly had a fight. So uh, we'll leave it at that. Great. But, yeah, Chris is great. So uh, I had him on a while back and he smashed some views for me. So Amazing. If you repeat that, that would be fantastic. But yeah. <laughs> You are a documentary film director. Um, That's correct, yeah. So you've done quite a lot of things on YouTube, most notably mm-hmm. on the YouTube channel, which is on 650,000 subscribers. So yep. first first, well done for securing that. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> we start at the beginning with all of the guests. So how did you personally find school? How did I find school? Uh, that's quite yeah. interesting. I was just talking about that with Chris and Ebony. Um, so school was fine. Um, I think in hindsight, you know, it was pretty much like everyone else's sort of story in school. Um, I wasn't really completely aware of what my place was when I was there. I just sort of floated around different groups um, and I just mm-hmm. kind of, waited until school was over really so that I could go out and skate really so 
I wasn't yeah. really that fussed about it. I've never been particularly uh, fond of education. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, I get that. What was the naughtiest thing that you did at school? <laughs> oh, God. Do I want to say this on here? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know Stop if I want to the... say that. I don't know. All right, um, all right. Fine. I I drew some things and okay. they were extremely inappropriate. And I got into a lot of trouble for him. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Was it a detention or was it a... Uh, no, they uh, they were really funny about it. They, well, not funny, but they wanted yeah. to uh, call the police. And then instead they thought a a better punishment was to make me call my mum and, you know, get told off yeah. by her. But she really didn't give a shit. So yeah. she just asked yeah, me yeah. what my what I wanted for dinner that night, and I remember just staring <laughs> at my teacher dead in the eyes and just telling them like I wanted spaghetti, and they were like, "What the fuck is this?" So yeah, yeah. It's like code word. Yeah, it's like, get me out of this fucking school. Code yeah. name spaghetti. Pronto. Yeah. yeah, love it. Um, what's the next question I usually ask people? So when you left school, did you go to college and then university? And yeah, um, I went to college. And, like, no one, pretty much everyone in my school, like, my year, they all went to sixth form. There was, like, one or two of us that went to college. And I went to the college, like, a couple of towns over to Mm. study media production. Because I kind of knew by that point I wanted to go into, like, film and stuff. But wasn't 100%. Um, But, yeah, after that, like, when college finished, I was... I wasn't sold on university, to be honest. Like, I didn't mm. really think that's where I was going to go mm. because by the end of college, I was just filming skateboarding so much that all I wanted to do was that. And yeah. I, I knew early on that, like, the field that I wanted to go in was based on how much work you're getting and not, you know, the grades that you've got from a degree. Because I think in any creative field, a degree basically means fuck mm. all. So, mm. you know, and I, and I knew that early on because I hadn't learned anything from when I was at college. So going yeah. into uni was going to be no different, really. Um, but, you know, in the end, I was 18 and I didn't have an alternative plan. So I kind of just yeah. had to go to uni, really. And the one that I chose was in London. So I thought, oh, like, you know, at least this way I can be in London and study something which admittedly had pretty good equipment so yeah it was nice to have that to my disposal um the only issue was that it was like a three-year course scrammed into like two so it was just constant work 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 and like no fun at all so yeah it was it wasn't everyone's typical uni experience oh chris has just showed up uh it wasn't everyone's uni experience but um yeah, Just it was. It was. I got out of it what I needed to. So <laughs> yeah, please tape Chris's mouth up. Doesn't know what he's like. <laughs> no, he's alright. <laughs> alright, cool, nice. He just said fuck off. Here we go. Here we go. Here we fucking go. <laughs> right, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so university. Yep. Do you think the reason people go a bit mad and have a bit of a party year is because they feel an immense amount of pressure, like you did? and they go the Um, other way or do you think they just go there to do that and it's a dos yeah you know it's it's quite funny actually um i think that it does completely depend on who you are but 
for me personally, I remember hearing at college that uh, it was like it was by this tutor called Mark Garvey, and the guy was, you know, it was hilarious because he just he was so opinionated. But every now and then he would drop like a nugget of gold, and it, one thing he said that stuck with me was like, you know, you can you'll go to uni and you'll leave as the person you're meant to be kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. by the time you're finished, you'll be the person that you are supposed to be. So, you know, it's kind of like cringe, but it's also, it's, it's very true because yeah. I think for most people, they, they go and like, they have their first year where they get absolutely trashed and like, you know, they mm-hmm. dust about kind of thing. And they're just basically mm-hmm. finding themselves because finally they're out of the parents' home they're with like-minded individuals that are interested in the same thing that just want to like let loose. And, you know, that's fair enough. Like you, you can't do that at home. It's, it's so, it's yeah. so different. And for me, like I knew that um, uni would give me that, but I'm, I was never really a party animal growing up, mm. to be honest. Yeah. Like I hadn't reached that stage in my life because I just didn't care for it. All I really cared about and, it's something I learned to overcome was just I had such a strong work ethic I just wanted to be in Mm. film and that's all I cared about but Mm. you know I wasn't really enjoying myself if that made sense so I think for a lot of people like their take on uni is very different um Mm. you know a lot lot of my friends they went and they had the sickest time and a traditional uni experience but I just I just wanted to get my hands on the camera really so yeah I think I think uni is good for people who just want to like grow up basically like just you know Mm. mature a little bit and like just figure what life is like outside of home and I think that's what it's become more of now like you're basically getting free money from the government that basically no one ever pays back yeah yeah. living you're learning to live with other people you're going Mm. through like the ups and downs of meeting deadlines and stuff like that at uni which is just you Mm. know relative to work life like it's just you know it's yeah. just sort of like a it's like the stabilizers of life really yeah like an introduction to real life yeah yeah no fair enough so media mm-hmm. i did a media studies course at weymouth college mm-hmm. yeah. and literally i reckon 95 percent of the course was theory <laughs> yeah and i fucking hated it yeah, because I wanted to film stuff, and I think at one point towards the end of our first year, we did like a two-minute advert. Wow! And it was all about like <laughs> analyze this poster. Why do you think that this action film is an action <laughs> film? And I was just like, this isn't exciting. And then I ended up working in IT, and I have done ever since. Yeah. But, um, was it a bit of a different experience for you and did it sort of light a fire or did you just know that that's what you wanted to do and you didn't need any sort of inspiration to convince people otherwise sort of thing? Um, yes. Yeah, so I definitely knew in school, but well, not the whole way through, but definitely in the last year or so that I wanted to work with cameras. Like I've always yeah. had a camera in my hand and, you know, I think for a lot of people, um, they don't really know what their passion is. You know, like mm. a lot of people are still trying to figure what that is, even yeah. at, you know, my age now. And like, it's completely fair because you, it's not easy. You, like, not everyone necessarily mm. has one or needs one. But 
for me through skateboarding like you know that I found I found my passion and it was a transferable skill it wasn't confined to just skateboarding so yeah I think yeah I, I knew I wanted to be with cameras but I didn't know until I'd finished college whether that was as a photographer or as a, as a filmmaker um, yeah so yeah. I think media studies is definitely a lot more theoretical we luckily mm. had a production course um, yeah alternatively so I went into that one and you know we we did have the opportunity to use more cameras mm. and equipment and stuff like that it's just that college was a really tough time for me because I didn't feel like it was um it didn't feel like everyone on my course was as committed to it as I was oh yeah oh, you know yeah. I, I already yeah, I already absolutely. knew like this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. And there was a couple of people who were like doing the course. Cause it was like, mm. you know, us. and like, there was a handful of people yeah. on that course that I'm still friends with who went into film and like, I'm really happy that they stuck yeah. with it because mm. honestly, like the, the work they're doing now is incredible. And it was actually like my tight group of friends that continue to stay within film. So it's even nicer to know that like my, my group stayed within it, you know? And like, that, yeah. that was always really nice for me is to have those few guys every time we went in. But like, I was also felt like such an outsider because I was so into it, but it, yeah. because the college is still so academic, um, I didn't feel like it could be, I didn't mm. feel like I could do what I wanted, if that made sense. And like, yeah, my yeah. college viewers, they, like, they were quite nasty. Like they were really nasty to me and they didn't make, my experience there like enjoyable like i i would definitely say that like the two years i was at college i was depressed because i didn't i just wasn't completely aware of it because i didn't really know what that was at that time like the conversation of mental health hadn't even it hadn't even yeah. come around yet so it was so yeah, long yeah. ago but like mm. you know there were just weeks days that i just wouldn't go in because like i hated it i just hated it so much because i knew if i went yeah. in i would just I wouldn't enjoy the company. I wouldn't enjoy how I was being taught. You know, I remember my lecturer once like brought in another lecturer and made the whole classroom laugh at me because I told them I was a kinetic learner and they thought that was just a load of shit. And I remember thinking yeah. at the time, like, this is what education is now. Like you yeah. literally get in a classroom and a lecturer to just laugh at me. Yeah, And yeah. like, that just, again, just went to show that like, creative courses are bullshit really like it doesn't mm. doesn't make any sense and like yeah. just the educational system is just so flawed now like it, it needs a massive overhaul with a big update yeah. but like yeah, by the end of yeah. by the end of college I was so done with it that my mum could tell and I got the opportunity to go to Los Angeles for a month with a bunch of my mates just to like go mm. skate and mm. film and I, I just told the college I was like I don't care like kick me out yeah. do what you want i'm fucking going like i don't care and even yeah. my mum she was really supportive she was like yeah like you've got to go so i took a month off came back and i was obviously as i'm sure you can imagine ecstatic yeah. with like you know that experience and was just like yeah i'm definitely gonna just continue filmmaking and like definitely yeah. stay within skateboarding and all of this and i remember coming back and like our final project for college was just um like we were split into sort of groups or like you made your own group and you had to put on yeah, like yeah. a kind of festival thing around the town 
and like people would have their own little stands and it was all relative to film and that and I just made a skate video that was about 20 minutes long mm. and I premiered it and it was the only sort of I guess stand or like pop-up that actually had an audience like everyone else no one turned up I think to the my premiere there was like 40 people turned up for a premiere just yeah. a skate video and I remember like looking at my lecturers who were just shocked thinking like what the hell like he's barely turned up he mm. hates his course he hasn't done any like coursework but like he's done this premiere that's like brought in more people than the like bigger than our entire class yeah, yeah and what was hilarious to me but also really insulting was that my main lecturer then decided that she had this newfound interest in skateboarding and mm. then she started encouraging all of her you know next years to start getting involved in skateboarding and like make a skate video this that and the other because they'd seen what yeah. i was capable of and i just thought that was like a really massive insult because it was just mm. like man like i did this and now you're just yeah. you're taking it and like this is this is what i've noticed in education as well like it happened with my sister like she wanted to do uh she was in costume design and she did this whole project on like iranian history because that's that's where our family's from and um yeah. her her lecture did the exact same thing for his masters he he stole her idea and used mm. it and it's just it just sort of goes to show that like you know i think these educational places mm. it's it's almost like the guys teaching you just didn't make it <laughs> and they just yeah. want to like yeah they're not interested in teaching. They're just, they mm. want to get by. And then like when they find this new passion, they're just going to drop mm. everything and steal the idea because they think they can yeah. do it better. But the trouble yeah. with it is like copying someone's style. Like it's not original. It's no. not unique and it's not authentic. Like it's not authentic to who you are. So I yeah. think, you know, I look at it now and I think it's actually, it's kind of sad rather than annoying. Cause it's like, man, yeah. you can't, think of your own thing and that's the whole point of creativity is that it's an expression of your own art so like yeah, yeah. just take Absolutely. someone's it's, it's it's not you know it's not right yeah the point of a teacher and a tutor and a lecturer is they're meant to inspire the class not steal the idea yeah exactly exactly and i had yeah. that even yeah. at uni i had that at uni because you know i remember like our lecturer he he was studying a master's and <laughs> he told everyone not to make a zombie film because he thought mm -hmm. they were crap and then it turns out he was actually making a zombie film for his masters and it was yeah. like not that i wanted to make a zombie film but honestly dude like that is yeah so tragic like <laughs> yeah bloody hell i remember um on a night out in weymouth once it was about sort of 1 a.m and i'd walked from one friend's and there's a shopping center in Weymouth that's now closed down called the Colwell Shopping Center. Okay. And it was literally like walking into the time walk. Like it felt like you'd gone back in time, like 40 years. <laughs> and they were filming a zombie film in the shopping center. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they were like, we need some extras. Do you fancy dressing up like zombies? And obviously we're like a little bit tipsy at this point. And I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Yeah, definitely. And I never actually got to see the final product. But I remember dropping the most mental joke ever, which was I had to pretend to hit one of my friends with like a baseball bat for the film. <laughs> and um, my friend was just crap at like pretending to get hit. So we swapped roles. And he actually like hit me, not properly, 
but with this like fake baseball bat. Yeah. And um, he probably hit me a little bit too hard because he was just well into character. Oh my and God. And they were like, cut, cut, cut. And they were like, are you all right, mate? Are you all right? I was like, yeah, it's just like being at home. Oh my God. <laughs> and uh... the, the people were like, holy shit, this guy's funny. It's <laughs> oh probably God, like my, my yeah, 15 no. minutes of fame. But yeah, it's good fun. Oh man, that's a weird so good. place. Way <laughs> a weird place. Yeah, yeah. I never actually got to see the finished film, which I was a bit gutted by. But there was a sense of like energy and like electricity around like actually going somewhere on location and filming it, yeah. even if I wasn't actually involved in the project. I was just an extra. Yeah, man. Honestly, yeah. like sets yeah. are just—it's the energy is contagious. Like you don't want to be yeah. off it. You know, I've got a lot of friends that work on big like film productions and stuff like marvel or disney and yeah. all that kind of stuff and like you know i'll occasionally get sent like sneaky photos of like what they're getting up to and i just think it's incredible to like yeah. look at that world through their lens because it's never particularly been something that i wanted to get into because mm. it like it's great but it's such a ladder system in that area of things and like yeah. i know what i want to do and i know where i want to be and i know that my niche allows me to do that but like you know it's it's nice to have a lot of friends that are in it because then it's kind of like you get the inside scoop and you can kind of Mm. sort of see from the outside like what set is how it's run and stuff like that and it's Mm. it's nice to bring them on on projects as well and like have that uh sort of experience brought onto set as well because then things run a lot more professionally so yeah yeah that sounds really cool yeah, it's good to have people to sort of run ideas past and to see that it is actually an achievable career path. It's not just you on your own, you against yeah. the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Nice. Uh, I'll just quickly check if I've got one more question. We've got a 25-minute limit on this, so yeah, then I'll send cool. you another link. Two seconds. Sure. We've gone through quite a lot already, which is fantastic. Um, we'll talk about the Vans thing in a minute. Um, what cameras do you use to film? Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, so I used to use uh, like DSLR cameras, sort of same that you can sort of buy like normal consumer grades. Um, and then a couple of years ago, I bought a red camera, um, mm. and I was using that when I was doing a lot of freelance work. But the trouble with red cameras is like they're amazing cameras, but they require a lot of work and. Mm quite hard to manage so i ended up like i wouldn't call it a downgrade it was because the camera i got was a lot more suitable for the productions that i was doing but mm-hmm. i guess in terms of price it was a uh, downgrade um yeah. but it was a lot more helpful and then eventually i actually just got rid of all my cameras and now i just rent so it's a lot okay. easier to sort of dictate what equipment is best for the production I'm doing and yeah. you know I'm a lot better at time management now so whereas films used to take like three to five years now it's like I can shoot it all within like a week and then hopefully edit it within the next year and then it's it's good to go so it, it does cost extra to do it like that but you know I'm at a point now where luckily I've got some great partners and I can you know get funding for films and stuff obviously vans are really helpful in the last project and yeah, yeah. Know, we're talking to a couple others now for the next one which is great because you know That's you can build these relationships up with even like camera companies like panavision now who are involved in the next project you know you can get really great equipment at a reduced mm. cost 
because nice. you know they want to help you out and then that just means yeah. that you can you know make more productions at a higher quality yeah yeah fantastic love that yeah there's a bit less of a risk as well that it's going to get nicked if you're renting it because you'll just give it straight back don't you well yeah exactly it's you know it's a limited time it's insured mm. um yeah, yeah it's also that the equipment's kind of intimidating so it's like mm. you're a lot more like i don't know vigilant over it like you, you just you take good care so yeah absolutely right awesome i'm gonna put an ad break in now so i'll send you a new link in a second and we'll get cool. started again i uh, got some more questions for you so i'll just have a quick squiz of those on my phone because this doesn't like it when i open my apps at the same time on my notes sorry so uh that's right i do what i can with my mobile phone it's no that worries. easy if you want to start a podcast do it now all right <laughs> right Sick. cool i'll speak to you in a sec cheers in a bit Optimus U sportswear clothing, sportswear and fitness for the healthy person and also the everyday person that's looking to get into fitness. All inclusive, now doing a summer discount, summer sale. Goes until the end of September. Check out their Instagram page, check out their website www.optimusu.co.uk. Discount codes all over those things, all over the socials, so type that in. Just on this occasion, guys, don't use my code. Don't use Bedlam10 at checkout. Use the summer code to get half price off selected lines. Cheers. So when a company like that comes along, like right trainers, I've been wearing vans my entire life. <laughs> um, what's that like? <laughs> and how, Sick. how did that come about? Um. Yeah, so... I mean, over the past few years, like, well, actually, past few years, well, a few years back, <laughs> when I was full-time freelance, um, I worked yeah. with a lot of big brands. Like, I was really lucky with the agents that I had at the time. You know, we were working with a lot of streetwear companies and stuff like that. So we got to do work with, like, Lee Jeans, Doc Martens, uh, Dickies, all those kind of brands. And it was really, like, fun to just do stuff that, was with those big brands because you know breaking into freelance they're the kind of brands that you want because they look great against your name and stuff like that and you know although for me in the end it became quite repetitive and it wasn't really the area that I wanted to be in um I still had those connections so having worked with people like the North Face and Dickies who are part of the VF Corp Vans were already aware of my work Mm. um not just this but like being involved in the skate scene and having made my first film rolling which actually had quite a lot of major filmmakers and a lot of big skateboarders in it you kind of put me on the map so Mm. I'd a bit of I'd made a bit of a name for myself basically by that point so when I announced that I was making this next film and I was getting the shops that I wanted involved in it it was like you know it kind of the story kind of invited vans in almost immediately because one of the major events in the film is called the van shop riot and it happens Mm. every year and i always Mm. knew that i was going to feature this competition in the film because it's basically just a chance for all the skate shops to get together and have a massive piss up and just have a friendly competition with one another and it's it's always been the best competition i've been to in skateboarding i loved it every single year I've been and unfortunately I missed it this year because pride was on at the same time 
Um, yeah. But, you know, the, the last one was the one that was featured in my film because obviously COVID and stuff prevented the last two years from happening. But mm. it was just, it was incredible to see like so many people coming together again after so long, like even just watching yeah. on Instagram um, and, you know, just realizing like, oh, this, this competition is so important to the UK. And, you know, when I pitched it to Vans all those years ago, um, mm. they were always interested. They were always, they're always keen to help out in any way they could. So I think it got to about a year or two ago. I think it was a year ago. And um, I had a meeting with them because basically if I was going to finish this film, I needed, I needed money to do it. I just couldn't afford it on my own anymore. It was, I'd already spent God knows how much on travel and all of this stuff. So and I knew I needed money for like music and um, like mm-hmm. paying editors and stuff like that. So I approached them and I said, you know, this is, this is how much I've done. Um, I only need to do this much. If there's anything else that you want me add, want me to add to it, like just let me know. But they were really, really like lenient. They were just like, we don't want to control this. Just do what you want to do. You know, there were some things that were like, if you can do this, that'd be great. But if not, completely get it. I think you know we trust you completely. We don't have to see any previous work. Like we know who you are. Mm. We know your work, and that alone to me was just the biggest compliment to have a big yeah, brand like cool. brands just turn to you and say like do what you want basically yeah, yeah. because it was like okay cool that's kind of all the validation that I've ever needed is just <laughs> yeah. have a company like that sort of say like we trust you and yeah, yeah. you know I luckily didn't disappoint because yeah. you know they they came through and you know they gave me a you know a really nice amount of uh, funding that really helped finish the project and you know it's one of the best pieces I think I've done so far like you know I'm happy I'm proud to say that because it was almost exactly what I wanted and there's nothing better than being a creative and smashing out a piece of work that you're really proud Mm. of and you know I would I remember the last week that I was I was uh, editing it I mean I had COVID the last week before it even came out and I remember like watching it and like I'd cry at some of the scenes, not because like it was like just a beautiful moment, but it was very much like, fuck, like this is telling the story that I wanted to tell. Like I've, I've, you know, I've done this, this is great. And it was, it was a really important story for me. So I think, you know, the, the way it got into fans YouTube channel was, it was actually really random because that was never the agreement. We never agreed to have like a weekend premiere because yeah that kind of thing where you get it onto van's youtube channel it's it's a lot harder than anyone would think because it has to go mm. through so many checks yeah schedule it like all mm. of this but i think like a lot of things in my life i got really really lucky and <laughs> there was a guy there's a guy on instagram who runs this page called skate shop day and you know he's been around for a couple of years and i kind of he was already aware of the project because i kind of told him um but i knew he was american based as well but a couple of days before the premiere i messaged him and i was like hey like here's the finished film like let me know what you think Mm. uh if you want to do anything like with it just just give me a shout and he watched it he loved it and he said where are you 
putting this like where is it going and I, I said oh I haven't haven't really decided yet you know we're gonna do an online premiere on Goblin's uh, YouTube channel which is just like a small Irish magazine and yeah. then um, we're gonna have like two premieres one in Ireland and one in the UK and he said oh Goblin's only got like you know a few hundred followers and I was like yeah, yeah but you know like it's kind of like the film like support your small businesses your small companies like you know, I'm 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 down for them to have it. Like, there's yeah. plenty of other yeah, magazines yeah. that could, but like, they've helped me out a lot. And it was really funny because the guy was just like, "Yeah, but like Vans has got like six hundred and fifty thousand or whatever it was." And I was like, "Yeah, but I'm not gonna be able to get it on Vans, am I? Because it's really hard." And he went, mm. "Yeah, if only you knew someone that worked at Vans marketing." And I was like, "Yeah, that's crazy. If only I did. Ha ha ha. Like, whatever." And yeah. he was like you're not getting it are you and I was like what what do you mean like I was kind of at this point I was kind of getting annoyed because I was like man this guy's telling me that these guys have only got a few hundred followers and like he's kind of dangling vans in front of me that's not fair because I can't get it and he was like dude come on and I was like oh shit do you work at vans and he was like yeah Yeah. I was like oh fuck okay cool let me just wind it back in like i was like yeah cool i mean if you can get it on there that'd be amazing and you know luckily the guy that runs skate shop day is also the band's marketing manager in the states and he has you know the power to just basically put it up when we wanted it to so again just got really really lucky i mean there are certain things about the video which really like would not fly usually like the, the mm. fact that the film starts with goblin skateboard magazine presents like i know it sounds so small but it's a big mm. deal because it's at that point a van's production but it wasn't so yeah to have that at the beginning and to also like my granddad had died a couple months beforehand and i had this like memoriam thing for him at the beginning and that was yeah, like I saw that. Yeah. right at the beginning and i thought wow like i because unfortunately because I had COVID the week leading up to it, I his funeral was two days before the first premiere. So I couldn't go to that. Mm. And to have his memoriam at the beginning on this video, which got like 30, 40,000 views in a couple of days yeah. on a channel that's seen by the world, I was like, sweet. Like, you know, it's something yeah. you can go to funeral, but I'm so happy that mm. I could give him that kind of thing. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I fantastic. Think- I think since then, like, you know, the relationship with Vans has been very strong. Um, they've been really helpful for, like, a couple of things that I've been doing recently. So I had uh, okay. a, a memorial event for my friend John, who sadly passed away from cancer. Like, fuck, I think it was, like, the day I was flying back from Ireland for the premiere. It was the last premiere, and I found out at the airport that he'd, he'd died, sadly. But... um yeah, you know they were they were kind enough to send out some product for a like a jam that I put on for him, and you mm. know I, I approached them to come on board for the next project, and they were really keen and they've been really supportive ever since. And you know, I think you know this the relationship that we have now is yeah it's really it's really strong, and I'm I'm excited to just work mm. with them more. Really, yeah, it's really cool, man. Yeah, like I said earlier, I'm a massive fan of vans. Um, every time I go to somewhere called Clark's Village, which is near sort of Yeovil in Dorset, they've got an outlet store and they oh, nice. sell loads of stuff really cheap. Yeah, and nice. My debit card hates me, but I love it. So uh, 
yeah like that continues yeah. i love i love a pair of vans i think as well just mm. having been the original skateboarding shoes since day yeah. one it's very much like their fat their roots are in skateboarding and yeah although they are part of the vf corp vans is very much its own thing like you know it's it's easy mm. to kind of put it up there with nike and adidas and all that kind of stuff but like honestly yeah like mm. vans they have that side which is a lot more commercial but they really yeah. pay attention to their skateboarding and their roots and stuff like that so it's it's they yeah. really do well of that well even down to the fact that if a band gets played on your documentary there's a chance that band could blow up oh exactly um, like exactly. alkaline trio springs to mind you know bands like blink 182 um plus 44 people like that yeah i'm sure there's others obviously we've all played tony hawks well exactly uh, CKY, you know i mean that's the thing like you, you, earlier we were chatting about the video game thing like mm. you know if it wasn't for tony hawks pro skater 2 i wouldn't be a skateboarder which means i probably yeah, yeah. wouldn't be a filmmaker like you know it's it's had such a profound yeah. effect on my life and the music yeah. like me and my sister were playing uh the remastered version like a few nights yeah, ago like and yeah i need to get that it's it's incredible like I, all mm. of the buttons and stuff like i still know it all it's like you know muscle yeah, yeah. memory and yeah it just takes me back straight away to like my yeah. youth of playing that game religiously yeah, so. yeah getting those secret tapes on number one yeah exactly Jesus. those are the days yeah shout out to vhs tapes <laughs> won't know yeah vhs um, tapes yeah yeah that's it just um have a look at another question two seconds sure how long does a one-hour documentary take to actually release to the world to end? Uh, um, I don't know if I'm the best person to ask for this. Or, or yeah, yeah. But um, the first film I did, it it took two or three years, I think. Um, but and like this one took five years. But the yeah. the reason for that was because. You know, if you <coughs> sorry, <coughs> sorry, just cough. Sorry, <coughs> if you're studying and or working whilst trying to make something, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to have time. Like it's so hard, and yeah, especially when you're trying to break into the industry. Sorry, <coughs> gosh, when you're trying to break into the industry, like you're not going to get like funding straight away. Maybe yeah. you get your student loan and maybe your mum and dad will help you out a little bit. But yeah, yeah. realistically, the majority of that is going to come from your bank account. And, you know, it's it's hard doing all of that it's at the same hard. time. It's, fine. Yeah. it's hard finding the time when you're working. It's hard finding the money mm-hmm. when you're working. And it's hard finding the energy, really, when you're working. Because you also want to have a life. Like, like I said before, I wasn't mm-hmm. much of a party person when I was at uni. And I went straight mm-hmm. into freelance. So I really didn't have... The opportunity but when yeah. i after after a year or so i started to realize like i was missing out on all the fun mm-hmm. and so i started prioritizing having fun with my friends rather than a film because you know i'm in my 20s i want to enjoy myself and like yeah, i'm so serious about work and mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a serious um issue within film which i'm mm-hmm. sure anyone would agree is that like you can't stop like you have to keep going and it it's really quite sad that the work-life balance in any freelance role especially creative Mm. it's just like 
you've got to give it your all all the time and like yeah. you have yeah. to start young as well like you have to get in there early especially when you've got all these bloody influencers now on social media that get shit loads of work yeah. even if their work is like pretty yeah. average because they know how to work social media you know yeah and it's i'm not like talking shit on it it's just that yeah i get know, it, it it's definitely it's definitely a lot harder to get into now. That's all. It just it's a bigger competition, and like you shouldn't see it as a competition. But when you're not getting any work, it kind yeah. of feels like a competition because you want to do something you love. And if you literally mm. feel like you're fighting for it, I mean, I remember being yeah. in bed with my girlfriend at like eleven at night <coughs> and getting a um, a call from my agent mm. asking if I'd made changes to the edit yet. And I was like, it's 11 o'clock. Like, no, yeah. I'm in bed. And, you know, yeah, the deadline's get... like 9 or 10 o'clock the next morning. It's like, well, realistically, you've asked me for about 50 or changes on an edit that you could have told me like a week ago. But you've decided to tell me six hours, yeah. seven hours before the deadline. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's not it doesn't work like that. Like, no one mm. realistically can work like that. And when yeah. I left freelance it was a huge adjustment because you're kind of telling yourself I'm not going to follow the same path as like what it takes to get to where you want. But also this is really affecting my mental health. It's affecting my bank. It's affecting my relationships yeah. with everyone around me. Like I just want to yeah, have yeah. fun, you know? So I think, yeah. um, I think mm. trying to find that balance is really important. Really. Yeah. Sounds like a highway to burnout if you just say yes to everything. Yeah, and I, and I did. And I, I did burn out, mm. you know, and like mm. it was a hard lesson. But, you know, I think after that, the way I've approached it is now I only only work on projects I want to. I don't do yeah. anything that I'm not interested in. And that's fine because it keeps it fun. It keeps it interesting. And I don't, yeah. you know, I, I fell out of love of filming for a long time where I, mm. I didn't even want to look at my camera. But working on yeah. uh, Open All Hours, you know, it's slowly encouraged me to look at filmmaking again and because it was skateboarding and because it was such a personal project to me it was like yeah rediscovering my youth in a way and rediscovering yeah, yeah, yeah. a passion because yeah. you know when you when you burn out you question whether you even want to be in the yeah. field anymore so yeah to in have the that, whole industry yeah to have that reminder on something that really matters to you it was mm. you know it was it was comforting and it was also just a massive sigh of relief because it was like great like i i am in this and i do want to do this but like i ha if i'm going to do it yeah. i have to do it my way because yeah. i will i will quit otherwise yeah i think you need a vested interest otherwise you just turn into a hired gun yeah exactly and mm. that's why i don't think yeah. i could go back into freelance in the way that i did mm. i don't think i could work on film sets on that ladder because it's not what i want to do mm yeah no fair enough just have a look at another question i think i'm reaching the end of them now yeah. what filmmakers such documentarians inspired you now oh filmmakers inspire me um three or five nice round number yeah i mean one filmmaker who's always inspired me um i talk about him quite a bit um Ty Evans, he's a he's an American uh, skateboard filmmaker. Well, he's he does a lot of stuff now. He's film director, and you know he's made some of the best skate videos 
I grew up with. And yeah. it was his films that made me want to get into filming and then become a filmmaker, not just skateboard filmmaking, but actual filmmaking. And then it was his film, We Are Blood, which really pushed me to make my first film, which was all about filmmaking and skateboarding because he mm. was an example of how far filmmaking had come in skateboarding, mm. like the technology that was being used and how watching a skateboarder for an hour and a half is the most exciting thing ever, even though it's just tricks after trick, you know, to the yeah, yeah. average viewer, it's like, what is even going on here? Mm. But like the fact that someone can make a trick that's been done a million times look absolutely yeah. insane is that's a whole different skill in itself, yeah. you know? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And so like his work has always inspired me to push mm. past what, you know, skateboarders are typical like typically see. Because yeah. not a lot of people do make documentaries in skateboarding. Like they, it def- it's definitely there, and people do make documentaries in skateboarding. But I think the majority of filmmakers that I know in skateboarding just make skate videos, and I love it. Yeah. I love all of their work, but I don't think that's where I fit in. I don't think that's my that's yeah. not my path in skateboarding. It, it's more just to make films about skateboarding. You know, the documentary yeah. side of it, like really opening this world up to more people because it's becoming increasingly more popular, especially now the Olympics. Yeah. But like when we talk mm. about films and stuff like that, like, you know, I have so many, so many film directors and cinematographers that inspire me. I mean, my favorite cinematographer, Emmanuel Lebetsky, like I used to love all of his films and I didn't even know he was the cinematographer until I was at university yeah. and I had to do like a, a little, um, essay on like why filmmakers have switched from using film to digital which is just such Mm. a question anyway but um Mm. i realized upon looking at his portfolio that actually every film he'd ever made was some of my favorite films and i I just wasn't aware and so i really started studying his work a lot and i really understood why i loved his work so much and i really have tried to emulate a lot of his style into my own work because it's just what resonates with me it's it's what looks beautiful in my eye and then you know you kind of look beyond that and you can kind of find similarities in his work and other people's stuff but also recognize their Mm. take on it so I think it's Danny Cohen who did films like um This Is England and uh not Mamma Mia (laughs) uh Les, Les Miserables like he did those kinds of films oh, yeah. and I think he did Danish Girl as well and you know very sort of similar style very gritty very naturally lit but also just beautiful like elegant like mm-hmm. uh, cinematography that really just shows off I guess the humanity in these characters and that's something I always loved about yeah. Lubetsky's work is that you know you're watching a film but it, it just feels so real and visceral and mm. that's kind of what you know that's kind of what you want to achieve in documentary filmmaking in my opinion you want to you want to really feel immersed in this story because it is real it's it's what's going on it's yeah. not fake yeah but like you mm. know that that doesn't come without work with the directors and you know there's a lot of directors out there who are pushing the boundaries in my opinion and who really inspire me, like Dennis Villeneuve, who did... Uh, so, like, Dune is, like, my favourite film. 
Oh, and right. Dennis Villeneuve directed that, but he also did Blade Runner 2049, he did mm. Prisoners, he did Sicario, like, these films, again, so visceral, so realistic, and just, I know, like, Blade Runner and uh, Dune are sci-fi, but it yeah, yeah. feels like a world that li- feels lived in, it feels real, and that's the kind yeah, of definitely. work that in- interests me the most. I just want to mm. create a world i guess mm. uh which feels like it's tangible like it's something that does exist yeah, yeah. A skateboard documentary filmed in a dystopian future that would be quite cool actually <laughs> there we go <laughs> be like back to the future <laughs> yeah, yeah use a jet board instead of a uh was it hoverboard is that what they're called yeah ho- hoverboard <laughs> a skateboard. nice um We've got two minutes left. What's your favourite version of skating? Is it vertical, street, or landscape, I think it's called? Um, I love it all. I love it all. Um, I mean, preferably, like, street, because you're redefining the architecture in your world, and it wasn't built for that. And that, to me, is just the most interesting part about street Mm. skateboarding or just skateboarding as a whole. Um, But, yeah, I mean... I love vert skateboarding as well because it's fucking mental, you know. It, but yeah. you know, it's it's all it's all interesting to me. I I can't I can't mm. distinguish between the like either of them because they're so different, but they're so incredible in their own right. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching the X Games on like Extreme Sports. Extreme Sports became like for me when I was like in between adverts watching Scuzz and Kerrang. If there were both adverts on those channels i would flick over to extreme sports yeah and eventually i started watching extreme sports first obsessed with a landscape skater called um rodney yeah. mullen yeah yeah he's a fucking man holy yeah, shit he is honestly i he mean like makes up moves every day yeah well that's it like half the tricks no i say half more than half the tricks that we know today were created by him you know it's it's, it's ridiculous it's meant that someone can create like the manual, and then after that, it's just everything's fair game, you know. Like yeah. he'll flip the manual yeah. to handstands to just crazy stuff, man. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, I'll let you be. But um, we'll go to another ad break. Cool. And uh, we'll get started on the last bit. All right. Sounds good. Nice one. Cheers, Robin. Wild hair. Wild hair, beard oil, and grooming products. So, I've recently had a change in a sponsor, and I am very, very proud to announce that this podcast is now sponsored by Wild Hair. So, Chef from 11 years ago called Ollie has decided to go all in on this grooming product. Got some information here Tame That Hair with Wild Hair UK. The Hampshire-based male grooming business is the brainchild of ex-Michelin star chef Ollie Moore. Whether it's a minty fresh beard oil you're after or some citrus and spice nourishing balm, Wild Hair has pretty much all of the profiles covered. Ollie has put together his love for the kitchen and beard care in a bottle with an added twist of some heavy metal retro comic book vibes. So if that doesn't grab your attention, then you're clearly looking in the wrong place. We've also got a bit of information about what it actually does for you. We'll make sure that it doesn't burn your face off. 
it's all CPSR certified and it's just fantastic um, I'm offering a 15% discount when using the code Bedlam UK so that's B-E-D-L-A-M UK so shout out to Ollie and tame that hair cheers www.wildhair.co.uk that's w-i-l-d-h-a-r-e welcome back hello so last skating question and then there's some proper random questions coming up <laughs> sounds good who, who are your top three skaters that you like watching or you just look up to in general so uh the first professional skateboarder i ever watched was this guy called danny brady mm. um the first example of skateboarding i'd seen besides the tony hawk games on, yeah. in, like in the uk which is even more important really to me was uh was in this video called um oh, hang on what was it called wasn't make friends with the color blue um oh that's gonna really annoy me Sorry. Uh, it'll come it to me. And it'll, it'll come yeah. to me in like a minute, I can tell. But yeah, um right. his video part from that section, like of the video, I think most people would agree it was just like one of the most insane video parts. The music, the style, the spots that he mm. was riding, just the way it was edited together. Like honestly, it was just it was beautiful and I still watch it to this day. Because yeah. it's just such a great part. And his style has always stuck with me. I think, you know, even just in the way, like, I like to dress kind of is quite reminiscent of how he dresses. Like, it's just that example of what you've seen from a kid and what you think is cool. It's always just stuck with me. And, like, he's, he stayed so relevant in a skateboarding scene because I think everyone just collectively agrees that he's just the man. And, like... Yeah you can't you can't top Brady and yeah. you know he's he's on Palace now so he's got like a lot more kind of responsibility as a team manager but he's still so involved in what's arguably the biggest skate company there is now it's it's crazy to me to see a company like Landscape on like tubes now because yeah. that's just how big they are doing like collabs with bloody Ralph Lauren or, or whatever I don't know like the, it, yeah. <laughs> they just do so much now it's it's, it's great to see it yeah. like, to know that he's kind of come from riding for blueprint which was like the biggest european company when i was growing up so now mm. being the biggest uh well i guess uk european company now like it's you know mm. it's great it just sort of goes to show how much of a how much of a legend that guy is but yeah. i mean in terms of anyone else really since him like i've met so many skateboarders mm. and you know i the fact that I've managed to meet so many and actually film them and like skate with them and hang out, like it's really funny because you, you sort of stop seeing them as like these professional guys because mm. they're just they're just a bunch of skateboarders. <laughs> and, like not to discredit them, like they are amazing. All they I know what you mean. Serve, like the fame and all of that, but like yeah, you know when you get older, you stop seeing them as like these heroes kind of vibes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I know what you mean. Like oh, they're just like they're younger than me. They're amazing as game They are younger than me. Like they're still like, you know, yeah. It's it's just funny. It's, it, I don't see it the same way anymore. 
because yeah, I've just grown up. But like, you know, I, I I would still be stoked to see them live, kind of thing. Like see them actually skating around. But mm. it's just I'm more interested now in like getting to know them. If I'm I have the opportunity to like film them or skate with them, kind of thing. You know, that's more interesting to me because. Yeah. You can be an amazing skateboarder, but I've met plenty of amazing skateboarders who are absolute dickheads in real life. And it's like, I don't yeah, give yeah, a shit yeah. if you're throwing yourself yeah, yeah. down like 20 stairs, like you're whack. Like, I don't like yeah. your, you know, your, your yeah. attitude or anything like that. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's like, it's just like life. Like, you're not going to like everyone. Like, yeah. you know, you can meet someone that's like earning 600K a year or something and they work in finance or tech doesn't mean you're a nice person i care less about what you're doing of your life than who you are so Mm. yeah i was um listening earlier to a gary v podcast he was on joe rogan like five years ago and kind of talking about burnout earlier but he was talking about the fact that he doesn't ever stop working but he said something quite profound when i was driving home earlier which was you'll attract more flies with honey than vinegar yeah, which is basically like just be nice to people and don't be a dickhead because yeah. it won't work for you in the end. Yeah, no, and no, no, that's, that's so that true, thing. so yeah. true. I mean, it's interesting because like to make it big, this is the funny thing: you can attract flies by being mm. sweet, mm. but at the end of the day, those flies are going to nibble away when you until yeah. you're left with nothing. So, yeah like be sweet but you can't be too sweet because people will take advantage you know like i i've definitely been a victim of people taking advantage because of Mm. the work that i've had or the clients Mm. i've had you know like i remember getting a couple of messages when i put up the first trailer or the second trailer for my film and people were immediately like oh if you need me to help like i'll help and i'm like yeah dude you can't congratulate me on something and then immediately follow up with a request for work like that's not sincere like you know there's no honesty in that you're just you're expecting something and it's kind of sad you know it's like just I'd rather no compliment in a way like if you're just gonna follow up with like a request like it's it doesn't mean anything to me and like this is the thing like I would definitely especially when I was younger working freelance like you let people walk all over you. And this is why I stopped working yeah. freelance because, you know, as much as they helped me, I, I didn't really feel like my agents respected me because I was a lot younger than them and I'd had this really good camera and I was willing to do whatever it took to be in the, in the industry. But because yeah. of that, it was like I was getting phone calls at 11 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. I was, mm-hmm. you know, basically being encouraged to reduce my rate because i had to think of the rest of the production and it was just like i don't feel seen here i just feel manipulated into used yeah yeah yeah, i feel used you know overcommitting and and used yeah yeah and because i was such a yes man before that it was Mm. like well i've kind of set myself up for it you know whereas now it's like no i'm gonna do it this way and that's that like if you don't realize yeah, like you've realised that you've got value now. Yeah, exactly. But like, yeah, you know, people it. people go through those changes in life, and people start to recognise in this in themselves like how much they can give, rather yeah. than like letting people take. You know, so yeah. 
it's it's a learning curve and a lot of people you know it can take them longer to realize that but i'm glad that i i did recognize that myself yeah and you doubled down on it as well you didn't immediately do a 180 the second there was another yeah exactly thing on the table yeah i know what you mean right um quick fire questions so i'm going to try and remember these off the top of my head because i say the same questions every single week and i should probably know these now off the top of my head um so these are just random quick fire questions just say the first one that comes into your head if you feel the need to justify them then crack on but they're pretty black and white so do you think a kinder egg is a deliciously chocolate treat (laughs) with a bonus toy inside or do you think that it's an absolute piece of shit chocolate and you only (laughs) buy it for the toy um so i hate chocolate really um oh right Jesus. Um, oh, maybe hate is a strong word, but I, re- I just, it's <laughs> not my choice. Uh, let me think. I would say it's probably, it's probably just the toy, right? I mean, that chocolate's so cheap. I'm, I'm more yeah. interested in seeing what I've got. <laughs> I'll yeah, just give the it. chocolate to someone else and keep the toy. Nice. Good answer. Baby bell or cheese string? Cheese string. Camping in a tent or a static caravan for one week? Ooh, for one week. See, I like to think I'm really adventurous and would, like, be totally fine sleeping anywhere, which I am. But if I had the choice, I'm definitely going to go in a caravan. Yeah. Living in a city or living in the countryside? Uh... Hmm. Yeah. Fuck, that's a good one. Uh, I've done both and Mm. I think I'd rather a city. Yeah, I think your opportunities are a bit limited sometimes in the country. Yeah, I mean I don't get me wrong, I love I love Mm. being in the countryside, but I get bored, so bored, so I need stimulation. Yeah, I get that. Um chocolate or sweets? Sweets. hundred percent. Bath or shower? Shower. Mornings or evenings? Uh, evenings mint chocolate chip or chocolate orange chocolate orange if you had to go to prison for six months <laughs> on the provision that you got £10,000 a day in cash every 24 hours that you went into prison it's a maximum security prison anything can happen I can't guarantee your safety would you be willing to go to prison between anything from 24 hours to six months? Yeah, I would, because I'd just be the fucking weirdo that just, like, <laughs> freaks people out by throwing shit everywhere and then no one wants to come near me. Yeah. And then, like, I would just, like, hibernate and get put in that, like, box where no one can come in Fine. and just... Yeah, I would do it for as long as I could. Yes. And then I'll be a rich man by the end of it. Yeah, thank her day. And the people in the prison won't know. Like they Mm. they're the only people that know that I've turned into a right freak. Yeah. So everyone on the outside is fine. Minor inconveniences. So is there anything that you want to get off your chest that's pissed you off today or recently and you've just gone, Well, what the (laughs) fuck is like why does this exist? (laughs) Um that's a really good question. I might need a moment to think about that one. Um I haven't got any this week because I have to think of one every week, and I, I've just. No, no. I've been... <laughs> That's pretty good. Um... 
What a minor inconvenience. Oh, this pissed me off. Turns out my ex works at like this place called the Shelter Hall on the seafront. And mm. I really like going there for lunch on my own. And now I can't mm. do that because her face is there. So, yeah, can't do yeah. that. Mm, yeah, that's tricky, isn't it? Yeah, I don't really know what to suggest for that. No, <laughs> uh, just have to avoid it. Or just yeah. go in with like, take a date there and just fucking own it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, any companies that you want to give a shout out to? Anyone that's in the pipeline? Um, anyone that's helped you previously? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely thank my uh, mum and uh, my family for being supportive. Um, I'd definitely like to thank all of my mates, including Chris, <laughs> who uh, I'm sure is getting ready to go to bed now. Um, definitely a big shout out to Vans for being really supportive. Uh, big shout out to Death Skateboards, who we'll be working with on the next project. Um, and big shout out to my mate Ben White, who without his help, I wouldn't be in the film. So yeah, big shout out to him. Fantastic. So plans for the future. Obviously, you've just named a couple, but yeah. between now and sort of six months from now, have you got some projects so, on the go? Yeah, so we're currently in development slash pre-production for uh, Hand Me Downs, which is the next project that I'm doing with uh, yeah. Death and Vans, uh, aiming to start shooting in October. And it's going to take, I think, like a week or so to shoot. And then aiming to release that at the end of next year for Death Skateboard's 25-year anniversary. Um, and yeah, we're just going to have a massive party for it at the House of Vans and all that kind of stuff. We're just Everything is in the pipeline at the moment that we're just planning. So I don't know if I've given away too much there, but I mean, it's going to happen. Um, and yeah. yeah, I'm moving to London in November as well. So won't be a Brighton boy anymore, but I'll be closer mm. to more job opportunities within film and mm. uh, closer to death skateboards and vans in London so can work on more projects if uh, if it comes up so yeah there we go lots of availability lots of opportunities in London yeah exactly lots of uh, lots of watching my back and trying not to get stabbed but you know it'll be fun. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, have you got any questions for me or is there anything else that you want to mention uh, well, just thank you for having me on here. I mean, it's been a really You're nice welcome. time talking to you. Really enjoyed answering some of the fun questions as well. And good, good. Uh, yeah, just like to see that you're doing so well with this, man. It's really cool. Yeah. Just hit 5K listens now on Spotify. So that's good. <laughs> that's amazing, man. Yeah, honestly, no. that's great. Yeah, it's cool. Last question. Then I'm going to leave you to it. Sure. Probably the most important question. Bear with mm-hmm. me. You're out shooting all day. You realize that you haven't packed a lunch. You see a supermarket, Sainsbury's, Tesco's, Asda, even though Asda does shit meal deals. Yeah. Um, you need a meal deal, Rum. Yeah. What's your main? What's your snack? What's your drink? Um, so in uni, this was my staple every day and it's kind of stuck with me. Um, <laughs> it's, it's shifted ever so slightly, but I, I still fuck with this because there's a Tesco across from where I work. Oh, so yeah. I'll have a chicken Caesar wrap. Yep. Um, I'll have a little, you know, bag of popcorn, um, just salted, and then I'll just have a bottle of water. Really, really plain. Fair enough. 
If yeah. it works, it works. Sorry, it's 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 not 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 uh, exciting. It used to be like chili sensations <laughs> and like a triple chicken Caesar wrap with like Coca Cola, <laughs> but I just I can't fuck with that shit anymore. So yeah, you've overdosed. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm at that stage at the moment, but I drive a lot, so I tend to have a can of Monster. Oh, okay. But yeah, sometimes by the time I get to the Tesco's at my work, there's not a lot left. So um, on a completely different tangent, have you tried the new Coca-Cola marshmallow drink? Uh, I don't drink fizzy drinks anymore, but Thank I you. didn't even know that okay. they do a marshmallow flavour. So yeah, It's not actually marshmallow flavour, it's strawberry and lime. Oh my it's God. It's the DJ marshmallow. Gosh. That He's sounds... made his own like creations. That sounds very sickly. I'm not gonna lie, but it's worth I'm a go. Sure, I'm it's sure. Worth a go. I'm sure if uh, if you're a fan of Coca-Cola, it's it's pretty mm. good. <laughs> they only come in little cans, and you you can only get them from Tesco. So, uh, do they cost the same as a regular size can? They're sixty p or four for two quid. You get like a little box. Oh, that's not too bad. But yeah, it's worth a go. Get. I'll get Chris together. If you don't like it, then you can have the rest. He's my rich sugar daddy. Is uh, he? Yeah. Bloody hell. <laughs> off at the top. <laughs> shout out, Chris. Yeah, shout out to Chris. Right. I'm going to leave you to it, mate. Thank you very right, much for coming on. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, and, no worries, um, man. Thank you. Keep it bedlam, people. Thanks for listening, watching, viewing, and subscribing. More coming very soon. Sweet. Cheers, guys. Have fun. Cheers, yeah. Rob. Take care. Bye. 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 Ad read time. Shanty Spirit, Botanical Seaweed Vodka, Vacuum Distilled for Fresher Flavour. Met these guys a couple of years back now, and they are absolutely smashing the alcohol game. All comes in a beautiful bottle that has to be seen to be believed. It's available at www.shantyspirit, all one word, .com. Uh, have a look at their website, it's absolutely incredible it looks great uh, you can spin the bottle if you fancy a bit of spin the bottle like the old days comes in 20 centiliter and 70 centiliter bottles and if you use the code just for you guys bedlam discount at checkout you'll get 10 percent off your order so tell them i sent you using code bedlam discount and shout out to everyone at shanty that has made this possible uh the they're doing so well. I'm really excited to see how these guys grow and expand. So yeah, please drink responsibly. Um, if you are listening to this, you know, crack out a bottle of Shanty. Check out their website as well for cocktail ideas because they've got a lot of ideas other than just drinking it with Coke like the delinquent that I am. But yeah, cheers guys. Back to the episode.